You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome. And let me start with a lovely, lovely text that I got in earlier. Um, just signed M saying, Hi Patricia, just want to thank yourself and Jane the vet for advice given a few weeks ago. We managed to coax our wild cat who had a very nasty infection in her eye. We managed to coax her into a cat cage. We took her to the vet where she was operated on and had to have the eye removed. She did an overnight stay and we were delighted to bring her back the following morning. The operation was a great success and the wild one-eyed cat seems to have calmed and settled with us since She's best buds with our dog now too. Great credit due to our excellent vet for doing such a great job. Managing to catch the cat was a great achievement and we're all delighted that our story has a happy ending. Keep up the good work and thank you for all the advice. Isn't that lovely? Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. I'm delighted it worked out so well and really, really well done for catching the cat. As you say, it's no mean feat. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you know that wild cat could turn into a much loved pet because it'll start trusting you and everything. Absolutely. Some of them do seem to tame down, particularly if they have a period like this where they may be a little bit more reliant for their care or for feeding. Sometimes they can kind of integrate themselves into the family unit. So it sounds like it's already making a, a good start, making making best of friends with the dog. So I'd say you might have a cat on your lap before before long passes. And survives. There's, there's no problem with a one-eyed cat. It'll... No, they, they cope so well. So they do. They're really resilient creatures and they tend to do brilliantly. OK, well done. OK, I text her. I have a seven month old female Cavachon. She's constantly biting her tail. Is there anything I can do to stop it? Is it just a habit? Oh, OK. It could be a habit. Um, so I suppose first and foremost, is there certain times of day where it happens? Is it an evening when everything's quiet and down and no activities happening? Is that when the tail biting happens or does it happen at other times of the day? Perhaps when there's other exciting things going on, but the dog still seems distracted by its tail. It's possible it could be behavioural, but to be honest, my gut feeling on this one is it more likely might be a sign of discomfort. Um, so I suppose the the more common things around the back end. So I suppose sometimes we can get skin or tail infections. That's common enough, um, particularly if they've had a recent bout of runny poos or anything like that. And they might be quite clean around their back end. And um, that's common enough. But sometimes it can be the anal glands or bottom glands. So these are scent glands that are inside the bottom, but they can fill up and normally they'll fill up and empty very normally with each poo that passes through them but sometimes for one reason or another or maybe a recent tummy upset if the stool hasn't been solid enough to empty them out they can get very full and sometimes they can get infected now because those bottom glands are kind of hidden just inside the dog can't really access them so sometimes they'll manifest it by biting at their tail or biting at their back end because they're trying to get to what's uncomfortable for them but they kind of can't so they miss and they redirect to the tail or the bottom so I would have a, I suppose my gut feeling is maybe it's a problem with the anal glands or it might be a problem with with the skin around that area. But look, if your vet checks it out, says everything's good in that area, then have a little think about behaviour. So, you know, if it it is something that happens, let's say at the quieter times of day, maybe redirecting their behaviour to something else. Buy them a nice toy that's nice and resilient, dog proof, and that they may be able to redirect their biting, chewing behaviours too. But I think this warrants a check out by your vet just to make sure that there's not a source of discomfort they're trying to tell us about um, first. But best of luck with that one. And and, and congratulations on the relatively new addition to the household. Absolutely. Liz has a golden retriever puppy. It's just four months old. He's on Kalee 
Zebra Life Junior Medium Breed and he's on 160 ounces twice a day. But his stools are very loose. Any suggestions and could it be the diet? Okay, interesting one. Different dog foods suit different dogs. Um, I am, I suppose I'm very familiar with Calibra. It's one of my own dogs eats it. Um, there's plenty of good quality, kind of comprehensive, good, complete diets for dogs out there. But I think the key things for puppies are really, you want to make sure they're on a puppy diet until they're at least a year of age. So it sounds like you're doing a good job. I know Calibra do kind of a junior life stage one, which is brilliant. Lots of other brands do similar things. Um, I suppose first and foremost, are you feeding anything else with the food? So is there anything that could be happening apart from the, the food that you're feeding? Um, as kind of the main diet that might be upsetting the tum in the meantime. So are they getting scraps from the table? Are the kids throwing them things? Is there anything that could be upsetting the tummy besides the diet? If that's the case, cut those out first and foremost and see if things settle down. If the stool is still soft, and I suppose it depends on how soft it is now, if we're talking kind of soft that you'd still be able to pick it up, then that's something that's maybe manageable as long as your your dog is feeling otherwise well and you have some time to work on the diet. But if it's much softer than that in a younger puppy, if it's if it's loose to the point where you wouldn't really be able to pick it up, you might need to get some veterinary attention in the meantime whilst you sort out what's causing the diarrhea. Because these little nuggets, you know, four months of age, they don't have a lot of reserve. A bad bout of diarrhea can really knock them back. So sometimes they need to do symptomatic treatment um, to tie them over. Now, they, dogs and cats can get bugs just like we can and that can loosen the stool. But if it's a consistent thing that's ongoing and your pet is otherwise well, I suppose it could be the diet. It may be a case of discussing that with your vet if you've eliminated that no treats and snacks are complicating the situation that might be upsetting the tummy. If another brand might suit your pet. But what I re- resist the temptation to kind of play ping pong with your diets. So resist the temptation to change them every week until you find something that settles. Because ultimately puppies have really sensitive tummies to begin with. Some are more sensitive than others. But even ch- simply changing the diet from one good quality diet to another can be enough to kind of throw them off temporarily. Now it can be done to be done very gradually if that's something you consider but you know if you're changing their diet very frequently in the search of something that suits them you could be kind of making trouble for yourself so have a chat to your vet make sure there's nothing else going on maybe get them some symptomatic treatment for their diarrhea if it's if it's loose enough that you can't pick it up um, and have a chat about the diet to, to your vet and see if there's anything that can be done Okay, Karen says, my grandchildren's border collie just turned 12 months and has developed a nervousness with strangers. Now, he doesn't bark, but he backs away and he actually wheezes. They live in the countryside and the dog wouldn't see a lot of people on a daily basis, but it's becoming a problem now for the household. Any advice, please? Yeah, okay. We have all the young dogs today. Yeah. So it it is really one of those things. I think it's I, I suppose I live very rurally in the country myself. I you know, it's it's a difficult thing when you have a dog in a rural environment. It's brilliant for them. They have plenty of places to run around to, lots of the outside to enjoy. But the trade off is unless they're taken to where other dogs are, they don't tend to have a lot of socialization with other dogs and with other people, unless you have frequent callers to the house. So that is one thing that's a bit of a problem with super rural dogs sometimes, and particularly the nervous breeds and collies would very much fall into the category of the naturally nervous breeds. I think this is something that needs to be tackled now rather than leaving it propagate more. So what I would say is don't kind of force your dog to engage with strangers when they arrive because they're really protecting themselves by backing away and weeing they're showing that they're really submissive they're not going to cause any danger and they don't want to cause any trouble so 
overloading them with contact is not the way to go so you know if they want to back away and go to somewhere quiet let them do that if you push them they may move on to the next stage of their fear and that might be aggression so you need to be really careful just to tread carefully with this one particularly as we have a collie that's nervous it may just be a case of having gradually regular callers to the house regular callers that maybe will see the dog but not try and interact with it initially so keep very hands off initially just have callers that are around different voices talking around the dog and gradually being a bit more in the same space as them but I would say just try not to overload the dog particularly after 12 months you know you know you need to sort this out now to avoid it escalating but slowly slowly is the way forward rather than kind of overloading with them with lots of rubs and contact and strange people just do it very slowly and maybe get get a friend on board if you have a friend that you know has a dog or has a I suppose is fond of dogs maybe get them on board make them aware of the situation make a little plan for them to call over for a cup of coffee maybe once or twice a week and gradually spend a little bit more time around the dog without forcing it. Yeah, it's so, so socialisation. And a final one. Hi, Jane. I have a seven-year-old Yorkie who loves either sitting on the couch or jumping up and lying on beds. Is this bad for a dog? Should a dog be inside or outside? And should dogs be allowed to sleep on human beds? Ah, this is a contentious issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose it's a personal decision is what I'd say. So I would say that all dogs should have at least some inside time. I think certainly in the climate we live in, the days of the dog who just lives outside, unless they have a, a purpose-built, very insulated dog house, are gone. You know, it's it's too cold in this climate in the depths of winter for them to be outside, outside. Um, I would say it's really normal for them to interact with their family. And, and part of that is being inside in the house a lot of the time now. Again, that really depends on your situation. If you have small kids, that might change things. Obviously, supervision is needed, so it may not be possible for them to be in the house 100% of the time. That's absolutely fine. As regards sleeping on the bed, (laughs) I, I suppose, hands up, my own cat sleeps on my own bed. So I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing to do. What I will say is you just need to be a little bit mindful that dogs and cats can pick up some parasites and bacteria and viruses that we can get. So I suppose the real thing is, you know, it's a grand thing to do, but you need to be mindful of the fact that, you know, hygiene is really important and keeping up to date with your pet's preventative treatments like its vaccinations and it's worming particularly really, really important in that situation um, to make sure that everybody in the family is safe. But ultimately, there's no right or wrong answers there. I'm afraid it's a personal choice. And they like their creature comforts. Listen, have a great they week do. and uh, we'll talk next week, Jane. Thanks for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. That is Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group.